0: standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene
1: Steinberg. Nick Redfern is back, and I've been thinking here on the cast. We've had him on the show for a period of over 15 years. And, Nick, we're going to continue to do it until we get it right. Is that fair? (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) So, of course, we've all heard what's happening the last couple of weeks more and more news about UFOs in the mainstream media you see on MSNBC CNN, Fox News CBS TV Network had a segment on 60 Minutes featuring people who saw the naval UFOs featuring Chris Mellon a former National Security and Defense Department official with W and with President Clinton we had Luis Elizondo who may or may not have headed up that Pentagon program about UFOs. And it all creates a promise that this report from the Pentagon's UAP task force will have some promising information. And I'm sure, Nick, you followed it from here and there. But when we had Kevin Randall on a couple of weeks back, he said that report's going to be Condon 2.0, it's going to be a whitewash. Have you followed any of this, Nick, or is it just something you figure is just going to go away?
2: Well, what, when you say a whitewash, I mean, are you talking in like a, a positive way or um,
1: bad a way? negative way, saying it doesn't represent a threat to national security? End of story.
2: Oh, okay. Well,. The way I look at it is that, I don't know why they use the term UAP. I mean, why not just keep it as UFO? I mean, everybody knows what it basically means. The way I look at it is that I'm still sort of the opinion that we're still talking about something that is unidentified and in the sky. Now, I'm certainly not someone who is of the view that this is definitely extraterrestrial, May there be there are people test-flying things out there that want to see our responses. You know, I think that that's one of the issues I've thought about. Toss something out there into the sky, see how the media responds, how the public responds to the idea of what could happen, you know, in a real UFO event. I mean, I would say, though, you know... Times have sort of changed a lot in the sense that, um, you know, we do have these revelations going back to, like, 2017 with the New York Times uh, revelations and ATIP and all that, and Harry Reid, and then now on to where we are, you know, DeLonge and all this situation. And you add that to mainstream media, we are, in that sense, sort of seeing something that we haven't really seen in a very long time if at all and also with the mainstream media taking it very seriously from that perspective I think we are in sort of new territory but the big question is of whatever these you know the images photographs footage are we talking about Classified US or another nation uh, technology being tested out. And again, like I said, you know, seeing how the public responds to a potential UFO event, but actually, you know, using a bogus one. Or maybe it's the real deal. And if it is, well, things are just going to amp up higher and higher, and the media is going to take more and more interest. And all of that is a very positive situation. I'm just not sure what we're seeing. I'm not convinced we're seeing extraterrestrial spacecraft, put it that way.
1: Well, the thing that concerns me about it is who is reporting this. Of course, we have Christopher Mellon, who currently is not actively in the government that we know about, but he is a former Defense Department official. People like that. Two former heads of the CIA, Brennan and Woolsey saying the same thing senator marco rubio i don't know i don't see a political constituency for ufos or uaps or why a republican conservative senator would want a serious investigation Even Barack Obama was interviewed the other night on one of those late night TV shows. And, you know, he joked about E.T. and everything, but said this is something that needs to be investigated. Why would he say that? He's no longer president. He's not going to be involved in politics that much anymore. Why would these people say that unless there's some collusion among all these people? We have a Republican DNI, former Republican DNI, John Radcliffe who said it should be investigated. And then we look at the journalists who were involved in writing the stories. One of those, Helene Cooper, who is the Pentagon correspondent for The New York Times. You hear her interviewed on radio talking about serious issues related to national defense, but she was one of the co-authors of that UFO piece beginning in 2017. Why are all these people involved? Is it a psyops operation that government and private industry are working together on?
2: Well, that's one of the avenues I'm inclined to go down, sort of test the general public, how they could respond to this. Um, You can learn a lot psychologically from putting out, like seeding a scenario of, I won't say an alien invasion as such, but some sort of unidentified presence. You know, you can learn a lot from just watching... CNN or 60 Minutes and see how the news readers are sort of responding to this, how the mainstream media is, everybody else. And I mean, if you think about it, I mean, with the stealth bomber and the stealth fighter, they existed 10 years before they were rolled off the or out of the hangars. Now, you could make a parallel that what we're seeing now is highly advanced U.S. technology that has been around for a while, and we haven't used it, but now we're unleashing it. And maybe, you know, we've got something that we've developed that's way ahead of anything else, but it's being presented as extraterrestrial. Like you said, like a PSYOP, something along those lines.
1: And you'll notice very cleverly, they drop the hint, but never go there. They stop one step short of saying ET. Now, the problem would be here, though, what is the end game? At what point do they simply say, well, there was nothing to it, if it is a PSYOPS operation?
2: Well, I mean, it depends how your level of paranoia, I suppose, in my perspective. I mean, it may just be to see how people's minds work when it comes to faced with bizarre situations. It may be to see how people, um, how people's belief systems uh, can be moulded and manipulated, um, or if you want to go down the, um, you know, the real paranoid angle, it would be something like uh, similar to the the old claims of Project Bluebeam, the idea of creating a, a false flag and presenting as something, as something else, as a means to take more and more of our um, freedoms away from us. You know, if you buy into that, you know, as a, to stress to that, um, you know, that's, if you buy into that, that's an important thing to note. But, um, you know, in today's world, anything is kind of like... Um, not, that bizarre you know people are just accepting all the weirdness and things that's going on in the world you know um so the idea of a false flag and putting us ready for a false flag and what happens then well national security comes in we've all got to go back in our homes again just in case you know all that crap
1: well you have to look at the impact of false flags or false claims gulf of tonkin that incident triggered the roll-up to the Vietnam War. We learn now it was nowhere near what it was presented to be. Obviously, weapons of mass destruction during the Iraqi war. That was totally false. There was none of that. And therefore, we had unnecessary wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. So Uh we look at pretty serious consequences of something like that we have some other consequences to present with nick gene and randall you're in the paracast hey listeners i want you to have the entire paracast experience so i'd like to tell you about after the paracast after the paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the paracast plus Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out Paracast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus.
3: If there's a sudden disaster and you can't get to the grocery store, or they're all out of food, what would you do? you wish you had emergency food to get you through the crisis, and that's why we're here. We're MyPatriotSupply.com, America's leading source of emergency food. Our food lasts for up to 25 years, and millions of families trust us for their disaster survival. Won't you join us? Unlike other food companies, we don't skimp on calories. Our meals give you more than 2,000 calories per day. Why? Because that's what you need to survive any challenging crisis. And right now, you can save $50 on our popular four-week emergency food kit. Just go to MyPatriotSupply.com and place your order. We ship fast, two to three days max, and your food arrives discreetly right to your door. So order today and save $50 at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com.
4: trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance.
5: As life in America looks to return to normal, how can you succeed in the new stock market? With the tech dip, volatility with interest rates and fear around the yield curve, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text the word money to eight one three eight one three to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text money to 813 813 813 to find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage points patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text the word money to 813-813. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance and maximize your gains. Text money to 813-813. Experience Vantage point for free. Learn how successful traders generate their wealth. Don't wait. Text the word money to 813-813.
6: Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast
1: community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So the point being here is a history of false flags or saying things for political benefit, it's well, not unusual. I mean, it's happened in this country.
2: No, it's not. I mean, there are some UFO cases that you could make a good case um, were actually some kind of like a PSYOP. I mean, one of them would be the Antonio Villas-Boas case of 1957, the Brazilian abduction case. If you read that story very, very carefully from start to end, that sounds like a spin-off from an MK Ultra type mind-altering situation you know, and if people were doing that back in the 50s to try and determine how the human mind could be affected people, you know, what's their sort of level of belief or lack of belief, depending on which way you look at it. And maybe that's what's been going on for the last however many decades. And now we're at that point where they're going to roll it out uh, for everyone to see. Now, I have to admit that, like, Project Bluebeam really is at the absolute apex of paranoia, but it wouldn't take much. You know, a few carefully positioned craft in the skies built out of Area 51 with some crack pilots, and maybe they roll out six, let's say they roll out ten, each of those ten, one of them goes over one city, another one goes over another city, and they just hover there for five days. That would actually probably work and people would really think it was something like an Independence Day kind of situation. If if it happens and we all wake up in the morning tomorrow and there's a city over every city, I will be very um, suspicious of the idea that it's extraterrestrials. I think it's probably six foot tall guys in uh, pilot suits.
8: (laughs) I love how you put these layers into things, Nick. You're just like you're the master of doing that because it it can be done. There's no question about it that, that even if they're real, they can use it in exactly the kind of ways that you're describing. The thing is, is when we go back to the golden age of ufology, they just did not have the technology to build the kind of things that they were describing that they were seeing. That's why I love going back there, because then we're dealing with, well, okay, maybe they're they're not extraterrestrial, maybe they come from under the ocean or some undisclosed place that we don't know, it's doubtful, but that was well, a real mystery. Now we don't know what the case is anymore.
2: Well... No, no, I agree with you on that. I mean, I wouldn't want people to think I don't believe in a real UFO phenomenon. I do. I 100% do believe there is a real UFO phenomenon. And if you look at particularly, you know, the 40s and 50s and into the early 60s, I would say, I do believe, you know, that. There was um, a genuine presence here from somewhere else. Now, whether it was extraterrestrial, multidimensional, time travelers, I have no idea. But something was interacting with us for decades. However, I think at some point, this phenomenon, the real phenomenon, which is still in existence, I think it's been sort of hijacked by intelligence agencies who, basically, they might sit around the Pentagon saying, well, we don't really know what these things are, and we don't really know what they want or what their agenda is, however, we can actually use the legend and the law and everything else and create a fabricated version of the, the reality. And we could use the real phenomenon as a means to um, demonstrate how we we could um, sort of confuse the public and the media. Um, so, and as I said, I honestly don't think it would take long. It wouldn't, you know. There's no need to have somebody at Area 51 building three or four hundred craft, you know, and um, over every every country or whatever, you would just need a few. I mean, it's kind of like when um, the whole COVID, when that broke out, how many people had to be told to put a mask on? Not many. Uh, A lot of people were complaining and bitching about it. But the fact is, most people did go uh, along with it straight away. And I kind of draw that sort of parallel that it didn't didn't take uh, much for people to just put your masks on and i don't think it would take much if the government said well those things in the sky aren't ours and for national security reasons let's you know let's just have a lockdown for the next six months and hope they go away
1: (laughs) interesting you say that nick because one of the comments one of the witnesses the naval sightings Uh on the 60 Minutes show. And you can get this, by the way, if you go on YouTube, you'll see a lot of the content is there. He was saying, basically, he thought it was some conventional aircraft, but from another country. Therefore, threat to national security. Therefore, if there are threats to national security, we have to take measures to protect us. It's just like, hey, we've got to attack Iraq because they have weapons of mass destruction. Or... Al Qaeda is still sitting there in Afghanistan and they're going to, going to attack us Thursday. So it's still possible to stage that thing and get people to act.
8: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, but you guys, who are they going to fight against? Like it was one thing when we knew that there was a Vietnam or an Iraq, but this is like, who, who do we go up against then?
1: China, who's Russia? The,
8: who's who's Iraq, the enemy? Iran? Right? You name the country, well, Saudi aliens, Arabia. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. It's aliens, so let's attack China? Like, you well, know, Then
1: you don't say it's aliens. You say another country is sending these things, and we have to respond to it so we can engage in more military incursions. I'm being super paranoid here. I have no idea what's going on. The point is here, when you hear the pilots describe the maneuverability, they're talking about things that are far more advanced than any aircraft we have. If we have something like that, imagine what our military would be like to put those particular types of aircraft into active duty.
8: Exactly. Maybe that's what they're really doing. Like, Nick, maybe this is like, this is our way of just showing you guys what we really do have. We're calling it UFOs, but
1: you don't want to mess with us because really they're ours. You well, know. then, therefore, this would be PSYOPs for the benefit of certain other countries. It's kind of like what James Carion was saying about World War II and the ghost rockets, that we put that up to spook the Russians in the early days of the fledgling Cold War. So we're doing the same thing right now. We're, we're saying, look what's going on here. And we don't know what it is, but the other countries who may be guilty know it's not theirs. So they can say, hey, maybe this is stuff they're experimenting with and we gotta watch out. Maybe that's the purpose of it all. Hey, we're gonna move on from this conspiracy to others because Nick Redfern has a new book out called Diary of Secrets UFO conspiracies, not UAP conspiracies. UFO conspiracies and this mysterious death of Marilyn Monroe. So with Gene and Randall and Nick, you're in. The Paracast.
9: You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
12: S.A. Radio News with Dan Naraki. A new study is showing that two COVID vaccines are effective against a newer variant of the virus. The study from Public Health England showed that the Pfizer and AstraZeneca shots are highly effective against the Indian variant of the virus after two doses. The news coming as new cases in the U.S. have fallen to their lowest levels since last June. Dr. William Schaffner is a professor of infectious diseases at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center and tell CNN that the results are good news, since it's possible for variants to spread quickly.
6: I think it's wonderful news that the vaccine actually is providing protection that is documented against this variant in India, because variants can be imported into the United States and they might spread here. So, so far, our vaccines are doing a good job in protecting against almost all of the variants Even partial protection against that South African variant, but there's not much
12: of that in this country. You're listening to USA Radio News. New data from the Border Patrol shows that more than 60,000 migrants have been released into the United States since February as the administration works to deal with the humanitarian crisis on the southern border. Just over 61,000 illegal immigrants have been released, with many being given a notice to report to an Immigration and Customs Enforcement office. Former Acting Secretary of Homeland Security Chad Wolf tells Fox News that's a draw for more migrants to try to cross into the U.S.
8: If you're a family unit, you are likely going to be released into the United States. So what does that do? That incentivizes you to grab a child and try to come across that border and claim that you're a family unit because you know that you will be released into the interior of the United States. And that's your goal at the end of the day. That's your goal, and that's what this administration is facilitating. And then once you do get here, you know that you will not be removed because, again, this administration has put the handcuffs on ice law enforcement agents, they can now not remove individuals
12: that, again, have no legal right to be here unless you're a serious, aggravated felon or you're a terrorist. You're listening to USA Radio News.
2: This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
1: This is the Paracast. Uh, you know, just you have to keep your breath going. Go, oh, I'm breathing. We all talk about all these elaborate conspiracies over the years, and we get into events that may or may not have conventional causes. So let me ask you about this book, Diary of Secrets. Mm. What is mysterious about the death of Marilyn Monroe, other than an actress who was pretty flaky, as we realize, who may or may not have done herself in?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, this is an important question. You know, it's not like with the book that I'm sort of hammering it down people's throats saying we know for sure this is what happened. We don't. You know, this is me. The book's called Diary of Secrets for two reasons, because Marilyn uh, herself kept this um, diary filled with all sorts of national security secrets and things given to her by the Kennedys. But also, I've called it Diary of Secrets as well, because it's kind of written... Uh, from the perspective, like a diary, from my perspective, sort of traveling around the country and road trips and tracking people down, that kind of thing. As I see it, you know, I'm just out to get the answers, not to convince people that it has to be a murder. What I do think is her death was highly suspicious. Um, For example what we know is that you know she was heavy on pills and alcohol and when you mix them you know it can be deadly and dangerous for anyone you know Um, particularly if then you're knocked out and you're essentially um, doped up even more and you have no way of um, getting out of it because you're half dead anyway you know that's an important angle. Now, there's one part of the story which is really important. It relates to a document that I got through the Freedom of Information Act. It's a CIA document titled A, Stud- a Study of Assassination. And it sounds really weird, but what it actually is, it's a CIA document telling CIA personnel how to kill people and make it look like an accident or. Suicide, uh, or or something, but anything but murder. Now, what's intriguing is that if you look at Marilyn's history, she had a lot of people working for it, like doctors, nurses, things like that. And as I said, she was heavy on booze and and um, uh, drugs. Now. Let me just um, read one extract from the document itself about one particular way of killing people. And it says, in all types of assassination except terroristic, drugs can be very effective if the assassin is trained as a doctor, and Marilyn had a doctor on site, or nurse, and she had a nurse, and the subject is under medical care, which he was, this is an easy and rare method. An overdose of morphine administered as a sedative will cause death without disturbance and is difficult to detect. The size of the dose will depend on whether the subject has been using narcotics regularly. If not, two grains will suffice. If the subject drinks heavily, morphine or a similar narcotic can be injected at the passing out stage and the cause of death will often be held to be acute alcoholism. So that sounds very like um, Marilyn's situation. She had a doctor, she had a nurse. The CA was explaining to their agents how easy it would be to inject someone with drugs, ply them with alcohol, and then you just go the full way because they, they have no way of fighting back. That document mirrors the last kind of days of of Marilyn's life, if you like.
1: Why would they want to off a crazy actress who pays attention to a crazy actress? We have another actress who had, I guess, some similarities in her background, Jane Mansfield. She died in a car crash, and she had some kind of drug problem and some instabilities. Heck, we could point to her, except that she wasn't rumored to have had affairs with the president of the United States or an attorney general of the United States. But otherwise, it's fairly similar. By the way, Jane Mansfield was the mother of Mariska Hargitay, who's the star of the Law and Order SVU show. Again, I mentioned Jane Mansfield only because of some similarities.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, when it comes to, you know, you talk about sort of a crazy person, you know, um, just because somebody may have, you know, emotional issues or, or maybe an alcoholic or a drug addict doesn't mean they're not telling the truth. You know, just because somebody can't get off the booze doesn't mean they're lying or that they're crazy. A lot of people, they talk about, you know, if you're on drugs or on booze or whatever, but a lot of people don't forget how many millions of people in the country right now are on mind-altering drugs. And I'm not talking about you know, pot or anything like that. I'm talking about prescription over-the-counter, anything to calm you down um, for anxiety, you know, for uh, anything along those lines. It's kind of like if it's alcohol and sort of dangerous drugs, well, it's seen and frowned on, but nobody frowns on, you know, if you're on a prescription of this or that, you know, every other week.
1: Well nobody, certainly an nobody. antidepressant an antidepressant can cause real major changes in your mood because you want to calm somebody down if they are depressed you want to make them more alert that could make them behave in very distinctly different ways so it is a form of control even though there is a legitimate purpose what surprises me is that so many people take these medications nowadays of course now if we want to be frank about being calm, you could take hemp oil, which is perfectly legal without the THC. That's a component of marijuana. Hemp oil, CBD. These things can calm you down without these drug effects. But then the drug companies don't make hundreds of dollars out of every monthly bottle.
2: To go back to what you said about about talking about, you know, Marilyn's claims and why should we listen and all that business. We know from historical records, if you go to the FBI's website, which is vault.gov, and you download the PDF files, which is about 200 pages now being declassified on Marilyn Monroe. And throughout that file, there are references about particularly Robert Kennedy having an affair with uh, Marilyn, and possibly uh, she may have had one or two with President Kennedy. The story is, and not coming from me, but the story is that she had this diary of secrets. Now, she did have this diary. She was actually encouraged um, to actually um, open a diary and record all her data from, um, oh, what's his, I forgot his name. Oh, Joe DiMaggio. And he actually encouraged her um, to actually uh, put this diary together. And to start with, it was just, you know, breezy and This is what I did today. Now, if you read the FBI file um, on Marilyn, you'll see that uh, she was first um, placed under surveillance by the FBI in 1955. And the reason was because um, she was not the sort of ditzy blonde that everybody thought she was. She actually applied in 1955 for a visa to travel to the USSR because she wanted to see what it was really like, rather than just what the American news said it was like. And you can download that file, and and Hoover was not happy. He actually also informed the CIA about this. He told the uh, Department of State. And um, so she was heavily being watched. Now, as her interest in politics, um, much of which came from Arthur Miller, she um, found herself sort of veering away from just like a breezy diary. And when she kind of got in touch with the with the uh, Kennedys, that's when um, she started hearing murmurs of plans to shoot um, or assassinate, I should say, uh, Fidel Castro.
1: Let's do our break. we got more with Nick, Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs>
9: You for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
1: Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code.
0: This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal
1: radio. All right. You mentioned Fidel Castro. Marilyn Monroe, writing about possibly assassinating Fidel Castro, things apparently she might have learned from the Kennedys. Why would they be so stupid as to... Let her hear any of this stuff.
2: Well, you don't think presidents ever act stupid. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You think that you think they don't. I mean, I mean, I remember not too long ago um, at the height of the pandemic. that a certain person recommended that we all swallow disinfectant.
17: That was a president. But you
1: kind of think here that we have somebody there who was president and known to make pretty outlandish statements, whereas the Kennedys tended to be much more circumspect in what they said. Of course, obviously, if they're engaged in a passionate embrace with a famous actress, maybe they would have their tongues loosened, but still.
2: Well, yeah, but you have to remember as well, But, you know, the Kennedys, both of them, uh, JFK and RFK, you know, they had um, huge numbers of women surrounded him, you know, parties, events, all that kind of thing. I mean, you know, it's one of those situations where either, you know, you stay faithful to your wife or because he had the ability to do ABC, chose to. Do ABC, you know. And um, But if you look at the situation and you say, you know, why should people listen to uh, Marilyn? Well, the fact is it comes down to the possibility of something leaking out and, more importantly, the media believing it. You know, would some people may say, well, we can... We can forget about it because the media won't care because Marilyn is just this drunken pill popper. Um, And everybody will just ignore it or laugh at it if she starts talking about how the Kennedys told her about crashed UFOs and dead aliens. But on the other hand, it might come down to something along the lines of, well, maybe we really should not take the chance. And somebody else says, well, we need to, if only we could get a you know, gone, and word gets around, and then before you know it, you've got, like, some sort of sinister fixer-type character, you know, somebody for whatever fee, whatever, you know, hired assassin... We don't really know, but we do know, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff surrounding her uh, life and death on that night that she died. Um, Rumors of um, one of the doors being um, opened for no particular reason that would allow her, somebody into the house. Um, We also know... um, that some of the uh, clothing and the bedding in the rooms had been specifically moved to different parts of the of the rooms. Uh, and again, nobody knows why that happened. Now, that doesn't prove anything, but you put things like this together and you're a famous actress who's been watched um, by the FBI for national security reasons and you are... Rumors are flying around that you're having sex with the president and his brother. You put all that together, you can easily see how Marilyn would be very, very quickly be perceived
8: as a a national security threat. Absolutely. I, I think this is absolutely fascinating, Nick, and this is this could very well be like one of your most important books ever. I've always thought that there's something shady that's gone on with, with Maryland and there are a lot of connections and I'm really glad that you've put this all together. I'm, um, uh, you know, we've got a, an advanced copy in PDF here and I'm just loving it. I mean, people who are into Maryland, man, you, they got to get this. This, this is really, really good stuff.
2: Well, it's one of these where, you know, I think, um, No disrespect, but I think, Gene, you're a little bit, um, you know, you're taking the view that, well, this couldn't happen, you know, um, that people wouldn't be killed for knowing things like that. Well, the way I look at it, the world, you know, the world's a dirty place and sometimes things happen for whatever reason and people may not like it, people may not believe it, but sometimes it happens, you know.
1: I understand, but Nick, I'm not taking a point of view. I'm simply asking questions and pointing out to the counterpoints here because we want to understand what happened. But now I'm going to ask you a big question here because it dovetails into another member of your cast of characters, Dorothy Kilgallen, the gossip columnist, which is, did Marilyn Monroe have any say in talking about UFOs?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that's another intriguing angle. I mean, Dorothy Kilgallen was a well-respected uh, journalist in the 50s and the 60s. She's someone who, um, you know, she, she was kind of like um, someone who crossed paths between regular um, media coverage and also, you know, she did, like, TV shows and things like this. So she was kind of like a celebrity journalist as well. Now, in the 1950s, specifically May 1955, she went on a vacation um, to the UK with her husband at the time. And when she was there, she was told a story by um, a government official who was believed to have been Lord Mountbatten. And that he told her, because he, he knew she had an interest in UFOs, he broke the news to her secretly, that um, the UK and the US had set together this top-secret program to deal with the fact that they'd recovered uh, several crashed UFOs and dead aliens, and both um, both governments uh, were very deeply concerned and worried even as to what had quite literally landed in their lap and um, if you read the story that um, Kilgallen actually released into the into the media in 1955 it talks about these small bodies and this crashed flying saucer and that there was going to be um, a revelation about it all which obviously didn't happen um, and she continued to have that interest in UFOs now, in the early 60s, she was still involved in sort of regular um, journalistic approaches. Um, after the assassination of JFK in November 1963, Kilgallen then focused more on the issue of who it was that killed and JFK and who was it and why and um, she died at the height of her research into the JFK assassination, and she was found dead in her home. Now, again, you know, there's the question about alcohol and drugs, but on the other hand, there's also the fact that she was found in her house, in a bedroom, and I say, I say a bedroom because that was the only night in the one time that she lived in that house where she lived in one particular room she all on every other occasion she slept in another um, room now there's been sort of a suspicion or a theory that she was sort of um, oft if you like somebody killed her not realizing that there were actually two rooms Um but she only used the one. Uh, but somebody, in theory, put her into the other room, uh, and and but that is a fact. Uh, I mean, that's that's in related into the, you know, the the police departments when they uh, came along, and um, you know there was a, a completely like huge investigation. Um, but that was the very first time she was found in that room. She never used it to go to bed in.
8: Well, we've got the Kilgallen connection there, too, with the UFOs. Like, I've seen pictures of Marilyn and Dorothy together, and they hung out in in these social circles with similar people. They were kind of like friends, you know, at least acquaintances. And so, you know, look what happened to Dorothy, and her whole apartment was all cleaned up and sanitized. Like, that was a professional job, right? Like, there's no question about that. Mike, we can maybe just say, well, with Marilyn, you know, who knows, but with Dorothy, there is no way that she was, she was taken out by somebody for sure.
2: Well, yeah. And there's another person, um, who also, um, was involved, um, in terms of knowing about UFOs and having an interest, um, in UFOs, shall we say. And, um, when we sort of look into the, the rest of this information, again, you know, things start to come together.
1: Let's come together with these announcements. With Gene, Randall and Nick, you're in. The Paracast.
9: Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
1: the paracast.plus to learn more about paracast plus
18: Jake was in big trouble with the IRS he owed how much 92
0: Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Jane Steinberg.
1: We were talking so far about Marilyn Monroe and yeah. her death. Dorothy Kilgallen, where you point out it may have involved a professional fix. But of course, the question would be, what did she do to upset somebody to Get that distinction, a woman who was in her 50s at the time this happened, a husband, three children. Who else? Another member of this cast of characters. Who would that be, Nick Redfern?
2: Yeah, well, the other guy um, was Howard Rothberg. Now, Howard Rothberg was a very good friend of Dorothy Kilgallen. He was an interior designer. He lived in New York, and he was uh, plugged in with all the New York celebrities. We've got this situation where Rothberg and Kilgallen were good friends, and Kilgallen knew Marilyn, so they were all kind of interlinked with each other. We know that Rothberg had an interest in UFOs, which probably originated from the fact that Kilgallen had told him what she knew. So we've got three people together there in various ways, tied together, and you've got one of them... Kilgallen, also looking into the JFK assassination, and then you've got Marilyn potentially spreading stories or threatening to spread stories as to what the Kennedys told them about crashed UFOs and aliens. And you can easily see all of this collectively could spiral out of turn. If you, for example, if you look at the Edward Snowden situation, you know you've got the NSA, one of the most secure security type um, situations facilities in the United States top secret and yet what you've got is Snowden as well breezing out of the NSA and giving to the media just untold numbers of documents and how and why on earth could that happen because alternative things happen they can cause big problems and catastrophe you know life doesn't go like a smooth path you know and i think that's what happened there you know there was a situation where they were saying to each other well i'm talking about within governments, people were saying well you know hopefully you know she won't say anything just let it go for a while or the government was just hit with with it the first thing they really know is when they learn about the diary they learn that marilyn's threatening to reveal this and that and again you know the government doesn't always have control over some of the most incredible things that have gone on in history
8: what about the layers, though? I mean, like uh, we, we can get into a, a bunch of other stuff, too, because there's so many interesting things in this book. But, I mean, what if the government, it, it, you know, it isn't, in quotes, the government, but we suspect that there is this shadowy element, this other layer that's deeper down in, in there, the deep state people that are connected with the MIB. So how do we know it wasn't them? and not these people in the CIA or the FBI. They might have had these concerns, like you're saying, Nick, but it seems to me that this other shadowy group, whoever it is, they've been watching people and keeping tabs on this for a long time, and they probably would have known exactly what was going on with Dorothy and Marilyn before the FBI and the CIA.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that's a a good point, and one of the main reasons why is that, For people who don't know, if we sort of just quickly jump back, the the story itself goes back to 1995 when a man named Milo Spiriglio, um, who was both a private detective and an author who wrote, written three books about Marilyn's death. Spiriglio, in 1995 was given this one-page document that looks just like a CIA document talking about wiretaps and Dorothy Kilgallen and Howard Rothberg. The document says, basically, that the CIA was wiretapping Kilgallen and Rothberg. And that's how they got the information as to what Marilyn was telling them. Now, that document, and there's a reason why I'm saying this, like as a... Bring it to bring it to the fore, so to speak. Um, what we know for sure is that all of the people mentioned in the documents were friends or acquaintances. Um, the document itself, we do know that it was typed on a 1950s era typewriter. The original of the document was like a 50, 60 year old piece of pa- sheet of paper. That's a fact. Now. When you read the documents, it's not the CIA talking about killing Marilyn. What it is, it's the CIA listening in on conversations that they want to know what the hell's going on with Marilyn Monroe. So to get back to your point, there's several agencies and different departments that could have been involved in the death of Marilyn because there were certain people who knew, there were certain people who didn't know, and there were certain people who knew everything and wanted her gone. Yes, it doesn't have to have been the CIA just because it was a CIA document, because the document does look like the CIA was quite puzzled and trying to um, get the information um, from alternative ways, so to speak
8: exactly like what if it was the case where whoever whatever this other shadowy lair beneath those people were going hey the cia's on to her now and so is the fbi they're going to hear something it's going to get out right because, so maybe they these shadowy mib types that who knows where they come from decided to get into the picture like did you run across any stuff where there's a suggestion of MIBs or kind of a strange activity going on around like that surveillance and stuff that doesn't really fit the picture of the CIA or the
18: FBI well you mean in general
8: well just like you know odd stuff that doesn't quite fit the profile of either either one of the sort of official agencies but you know, just It's just kind of weird. You know how you hear the stories. You've written the books on the MIB, right? They, they don't necessarily just fit those profiles. There's some pretty strange stuff about them that we're not really sure where they come from. And I'm wondering if that element well, was in yeah. on it as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, that kind of ties in, you know, the sort of shadow government angle, you know, where the people you expect within government to know what's going on may actually not, really know what's going on at all. Um and that kind of thing I think happens a lot. Um with the document. You know, if this was um a hoax document, which and it could be a hoax document uh, that was given to Spiriglio, it could have been a sophisticated hoax. I don't think it was. But if you read that document it actually plays things down quite a lot. Um and it doesn't come across like a hoax. For example you know, a lot of people have said it talks about flying saucers and dead aliens. Nowhere in that document does it mention UFOs, flying saucers, aliens, or extraterrestrials. None of those words appear in the document. But there's this legend that has developed that I, that's what everybody thinks the document says. What the document actually says is that Marilyn had heard rumors of dead bodies and a crashed spacecraft. Now, one of the things I talk about in the book is the idea this could actually have been not like the Roswell event or a crashed UFO. It could have been a pre-Gagarin secret Russian flight and what we captured was not a crashed UFO and dead aliens but two or three mangled cosmonauts and the rest of the craft. So you've got these different angles where different agencies could come into it and take over because of certain circumstances the air force might have um, come in because they want to collect the the russian technology and um, you know see how their their technology works is it better than ours so there's a lot of reasons why there are different people who could be involved in terms of wanting a part of the pie so to speak but also you know, trying to figure out who should be in control of this.
1: And here's a special announcement: Nick Redfern will hang with us for this weekend's episode of After the Powercast. Part of the Powercast Plus subscription. Check the Powercast Plus for more info. Let's do our break. We'll have more to come with Nick, Jean, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> hey, listeners. To learn more about Paracas Plus.
13: I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine.
6: For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad.
5: Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder.
6: And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy.
5: Why take another pill?
4: Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body
5: our homegrown small business tries to help people just like us that's why we design and test our handmade products with great care before we introduce them to the public you can easily find sunny bay heating pads on amazon just go to amazon.com and search for sunny bay heating pads
18: Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 what they said they would do they came through for me i ended up saving an unbelievable amount i was so jazzed i was extremely happy if
17: you owe more than ten thousand dollars in back taxes take jake's advice give federal tax management a phone call if they help me they can help anybody call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 800-503-8625
0: you've seen crazy diets to lose weight We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: Just for a discussion, Nick, if we had recovered a crashed Soviet spacecraft, And we had the bodies of dead cosmonauts. At that time, we're competing with the Russians to get to the moon first. Wouldn't we want to publicize what happens to the Russians?
2: Well, maybe not. If it turned out that their technology was way ahead of ours, they probably wouldn't want to admit that or reveal it to the media, you know, to the New York Times. We found a Russian craft and it's way ahead of ours. I think they probably would keep that hidden. So the document, in many respects, is kind of an enigma. That is one of the reasons why I don't think the document is a hoax, because it's not specific enough. It doesn't give us, you know, what we want, tales of aliens and dead extraterrestrials and flying saucers and UFOs. It actually plays that picture down and the the reader is forced to come to their own conclusion as to what those bodies
8: were right of course we do know that kennedy was interested in ufos as we've someone ran across a, a document where he had requested all of the information about them from nasa so you know there again we have an that connection And, yeah, okay, so I want to see the connection. I'm looking for a connection. I'm one of those readers that's going, okay, there's a lot of issues there. There's a lot of political intrigue. But this UFO mystery seems to be at the heart and at the root of a lot of this stuff that was going on back then politically. So, you know, why couldn't it be?
2: Why couldn't it be what?
8: Why couldn't it be the sort of a nexus for a number of the things that were happening back then. I mean, it kind of like a, you know, like a braceable Dark Skies kind of thing, right? Like, why not?
2: Yeah, I mean, the idea of sort of a hidden secret government or agency that oversees all of this, that, that's quite plausible. What's also plausible is that Agency A, which might be the CIA, and Agency B, the FBI, and Agency C, the NSA, all of them may have heard about this and rumours and they all want to figure out what's going on and maybe one of the agencies doesn't want to share the data with another agency, which does happen a lot for various reasons. So, you know, the idea that we don't have the reasons behind all of this is possibly because none of this was overseen and orchestrated By the regular agencies, you know, it could just have been, you know, let's just get a bunch of guys in, hired assassins, this kind of thing, and hope nobody really understands the full story, and let's just keep our heads down, get rid of her diary... And make it look good in her bedroom on the night she dies. You know um.
8: exactly. But like, who are these people who are saying, "Let's just get these people"? Like, I think it's way too coincidental. Okay, so Kennedy asks for the uh, the dossier on UFOs. Next thing you know, he gets shot. Right? Kill Gallon says she's going to break the story. All of a sudden, she's d- she's done away with. It seems like, okay, the next logical thing is what about the people she was close to, who she was talking to, and all of a sudden Marilyn goes to? I mean, you know, Nick, there's something going on there, for sure.
2: Yeah, there was. Something happened, and there are a lot of mysterious and suspicious issues surrounding Marilyn's death. She was tied in with the Kennedys, there's no doubt about that. She had this diary where she was not the ditzy blonde that people said, you know, her diary was not contained with, oh, I saw a nice little bluebird fly past the window today and put that in the diary. It wasn't. Um, When she died and she was taken to the mortuary, three members of that staff said that they saw that diary brought in with her positions and uh you know all her uh, things that she'd got you know some of the things that needed to be taken to the morgue and what happened is that that diary was seen within the the morgue for about three days and then after that a team of people came in took all her possessions and that included the diary several of the staff spoke on the record and said yes we saw that diary taken away it was like a thick bulky diary that just told everything of like the last sort of five
8: or six years. So, so what do you mean a team of people here though? Do you mean like a, like a team of, team of people in black suits and, and yeah. dyes or yeah, they're part of a her family of or something? Okay. So no, officials. No. Okay. Yeah, so like a you... bunch of, a
2: bunch of suits came in, took it all away. And that was the last um, site of the diary. Now where that went to, we don't know. I mean, there's there's several possibilities that it was burned, that it was shredded. The one that I think is more likely, that it was preserved just in case it was ever needed to go back retrospectively and see what she might have said here or there, you know, pull it out now and again to try and figure out how much she knew. I think that's more likely. I think it would be such an important uh, piece of national security, that it probably wouldn't be burned or shredded. I think it would be Held just in case the next president or whatever needed to be briefed on it, and so they pull out the they pull out the diary and Mr. President, here it is, and we'll put it back in the vault after. You, know.
1: you see, that raised another question, which takes us kind of to an overreaching part of it: is if a president comes into office, and we have Obama, for example, mentioning that he didn't get any real interesting information, though he thinks it should be investigated. If President Obama, President Trump, President Biden, whoever asks his people, I want to know what's going on with UFOs, do they have to tell him or is there a way they could cop out or just hide what they don't want him to know? Because he's a temporary occupant. These people have been in the military industrial complex for decades.
2: Well, that's an important question or an important scenario because when you say, you know, would his advi- the president's advisor, you know, have to give the information or even have the information, one of the things we ought to be aware of, it's possible that the president and all presidents have been out of the loop. And that brings us back to the sort of, you know, the, the secret government um, you know, I mean, how many presidents do we know sort of rumors of, of them being taken to Area 51? There aren't that many rumors. There's like one or two. And one of those is the Marilyn documents. So my view is that just because, you know, let's say pre- President Obama, let's say one of his advisors said, Mr. President, we've gone looking and this is what we found. These are documents. But just because that's all they found, it doesn't mean that's all there is to be found, that could quite easily mean that, you know, there could be gigantic, endless vaults under Area 51, which the key figures in the intelligence community know all about. But the guy who just is in perhaps office for just four years as the president knows nothing about it.
1: Diary of Secrets is the book Nick Redford, and Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast.
9: Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNLive.com today.
12: The United Nations Security Council has called on Israel and Hamas to fully adhere to a ceasefire agreed upon earlier this week. The statement from the council, issued on Saturday, also urged humanitarian aid to be sent to the Palestinian civilian population in Gaza. It was the council's first public statement on the conflict that saw 11 days of fighting between Israel and Hamas militants in the Gaza Strip. The United Nations announced Friday that it was releasing $22.5 million in humanitarian aid to Gaza. And at least 20 people participating in a cross-country ultramarathon in China have died. Severe weather moved into the area of the mountain track, with some racers going missing in the freezing rain and hail. Rescuers found 20 people dead early Sunday, with another person still missing. About 150 people were found safe, with several being treated for minor injuries. You're listening to USA Radio News. A long-serving senator says he'll run for another term. Mike Fortier reports. The longest-serving active senator reportedly
11: planning to run for a ninth term next year. Politico reporting the 81-year-old has told sources he believes he's the only Democrat in Vermont that can win the seat. If Leahy were to serve another term, he would become the longest-serving senator ever. That record currently belongs to the late Robert Byrd of West Virginia, who served 51 years. Leahy first elected to the Senate the year after President Nixon resigned. He's the last remaining Watergate baby. A Leahy spokesman tells Politico no decision has been made. From the USA Ready News Florida Bureau, I'm Mike Fortier.
12: And the Biden administration announced Saturday that it would extend temporary protected status for the next 18 months for Haiti. The move will allow Haitians to remain in the U.S. and obtain a work permit. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas pointed to security concerns, social unrest, human rights abuses, and a lack of basic resources as reasons for issuing the redesignation. Haiti was initially designated for TPS in 2010 following a massive earthquake on the island. This is USA Radio News.
19: health insurance hotline today learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates this is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates so call right now to learn more 800-670-0946 800-670-0946 call 800-670-0946 800-670-0946
13: This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast.
1: Okay, Diary of Secrets. I want to ask you something here, which is, following your statement that the President is just a temporary occupant, so it's easy for the levels with which he deals, also temporary occupants not to have information. Are we saying the same thing about a DNI or a head of the CIA, like a Woolsey or a Brennan? When they say, yeah, we'd like to see this investigated, the head of the CIA's got to know this, right? Or not?
18: Well, yes.
2: But, I mean, if you look at the UFO subject, it's so unique that my view is that everything surrounding it could be unique, In other words, what I'm saying is that it's entirely possible that the whole UFO subject issue has been controlled in a fashion that is completely different to everything else within the, you know, the last 70 years or whatever. You know, the the phenomenon is so different. Why shouldn't the, the situations to keep it hidden, you know, be exactly the same situation as well? You know, I think. I would be very surprised if the UFO subject was sort of controlled um, just like every other national security issue. I think it really would be so different. And that could explain, you know, the the whole angle of of why we're not getting the answers, because whoever's running the program isn't doing it like it's running... um, you know, a war in the Middle East. It's something totally different, I think.
1: Okay, so here's something too, which is, even at lower levels in the military, staffs change, people change, new generals take over. We have the mid-level bureaucrats take over. Where do you keep this a secret that doesn't leak somewhere?
2: Well, again, I think there's an easy answer to that that a lot of people don't think about. I, my view is that if, if there have been crashed UFOs and dead aliens, and we don't know if there, have, if there has or there hasn't, you know, but if there have been crashed UFOs and dead aliens, what if, to keep the secret, all that's been done with them is that they've been placed five floors under Area 51, Kind of like in a in a museum, and so the best way to to hide the secret is to never let it out. And a lot of people don't think like that. They think you know there's all back engineering going on, and we're flying them at night outside Area 51. What if that's not going on? What if to hide the truth, the ones in the know, the ones who are really running the program, have said, "Well, the best way." to keep this secret is to not let it out to anybody other than the ones who, you know, maybe needed to try and look at the technology. But, you know, to, for the most part, just keep everything away from everybody and maybe not even investigate it too much for fear of letting it get out. And so what do you do? You look the other way and you hide it. And again, that demonstrates sort of a very alternative situation because the whole thing is alternative. It's not like any other kind of national security that's ever been needed in the United States since the 1940s, possibly.
1: So nobody is reverse engineering alien technology from a crashed spaceship because they don't want to draw attention to anything until they have a handle on it, it's stuck somewhere in Warehouse 13 or in some dusty warehouse that we don't even know where that warehouse is. As you say, it's a deep level in Area 51. It's a, what yeah. about private industry? Would private industry be dependent on to keep a secret like this or that's just going too uh-huh. far?
2: Way they would keep their mouths um, shut? They they want to be the guys who blow the whistle, you know. I'm the scientist who revealed to the Wall Street Journal what's going on. I don't believe I don't believe those guys would keep their mouths shut. That's what it comes down to.
1: So therefore, it's almost like a deep state or a secret government because they don't let anything out. Or if they do let something out, it's for psyops purposes, right?
18: Possibly. I mean.
2: I mean, if you—I mean—you probably remember Gene. You know, back in the late 1970s, early 80s, Leonard Stringfield was sort of like the the prime researcher of crashed UFOs. He put out all those reports and everything. You remember that? I, and, I uh, talked
1: to him a couple of times on the phone, and we had yeah. an occasional correspondence. Yes, he seemed okay. to get all these cases that nobody else was able to get.
2: Exactly. And I'm sure that a lot of those crashed UFO stories that he got, dozens of them, they they were planted. And so while everybody's looking for these crashed UFOs and dead aliens, even if they exist, um, the chances that, you know, they really are just locked away. Kind of like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, the the idea that um, we're not sure what to do with it. We don't know where these things come from let's just put them away you know that's the easiest thing to do i could see that actually happening um
1: well that is probably the genesis of the warehouse 13 tv series (laughs) that was on the sci-fi channel for several years but there there was a team or several teams of investigators that maintained all these crazy artifacts And each one, of course, creates some kind of fantasy situation if they're allowed to get loose. So it extended it. But I would not doubt that out of sight, out of mind is a way not to have to deal with something of this nature. Because they don't want to have to deal with it. As you say, the danger of it being disclosed. The danger of finding out something that they really would rather not know.
2: The way I kind of look at it, it's like, you know, you've got a young kid and you don't want to find out his mom, uh, you know, his mom doesn't want to find out. Well, yeah, what I was just basically saying was that, you know, if you want to hide something, you do nothing with it, basically, because to do anything with it might just cause part of it to come tumbling out and then that small piece becomes a large piece and a larger piece and before you know it it's out of control and I kind of think that could have been the situation with Marilyn um, was that it started off with her and the Kennedys you know having a bit of fun and then she starts to put the diary together and then she gets um, angry when they dump her And she then decides, I'm going to get, you know, something back on my side. You know, I'm going to tell the media. I'm going to have a, a press conference, which is what allegedly was going to happen. And then she dies. You can easily see almost overnight that could spiral like a whirlwind, you know, just going from, as I said, like a bit of pillow talk, as it used to be called, and to the point where somebody says this woman's got to go. You can easily see that the distance between those two points would actually not be much at all, really.
1: But that takes us to the deaths of Kennedy, both of them, John and Robert, or even the Chappaquiddick episode with Ted Kennedy, where he was put in a position there for whatever reason that he couldn't credibly go beyond U.S. Senate, even though he tried to run for president once.
2: I mean, I should stress on all this. I don't think at all that the president or Robert Kennedy ordered Marilyn Monroe to be killed. I don't believe that at all. What I do believe is that, you know, you have these characters and figures who work in governments, you know, so-called fixer types who, you know, you turn the other way and... um, you know, um, a bunch of money to one particular person who can get jobs done, that kind of thing. And I think that's the same with with President Kennedy. I don't believe at all that the CIA killed JFK.
1: I once suggested that I don't think we'll ever solve the UFO mystery in my lifetime. And I kind of think that the rumors about JFK and RFK will never be resolved either. We are going to break now. More to come with Gene Randall. And Nick, you're in.
18: The
9: Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNLive.com today.
1: Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's
7: Trading involves
6: financial
5: risk and is not suitable for all
6: investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance.
5: As life in America looks to return to normal, how can you succeed in the new stock market? With the tech dip, volatility with interest rates, and fear around the yield curve, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 813-813-813. 813. To find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text the word money to 813813. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance and maximize your gains. Text money to 813813. Experience Vantage Point for free. Learn how successful traders generate their wealth. Don't wait. Text the word money to 813813.
6: Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy.
13: You might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks.
7: 800-880-1896. 800-880-1896. 800-880-1896. That's 800-880-1896.
2: This is Jacques Vallee. You're listening to the podcast, The Gold
7: Standard of Paranormal Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, they're not going to replace the Everly Brothers.
2: No. Yeah, that, that must be the drugs. That was bad.
1: <laughs> anyway, let's continue with our discussion here. So, would. John Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, and, of course, the things that happened with Ted Kennedy, would all that be influenced by UFO knowledge? Were they separate instances? What?
18: Well, I don't know
2: that Ted Kennedy would know anything about it. We're talking pretty much about the early 1960s, and the only reason why the story got out was because of Marilyn, and um, and she got angry with the because they dumped her, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think, you know, it was something that was leaking all over the place, and I don't think either that we're talking about them having any involvement in getting rid of her. But, um, you know, you can easily see you get an assassin in that kind of situation, like $25,000 in cash. Thank you very much go away and nobody has the names even either but that's not that sort of thing is not implausible people if people don't believe that kind of stuff doesn't go on you know they're just totally naive
8: well the other thing here too is they're all victims right because like we go back to okay so Kennedy wants. To- the dossier on the on the UFO is from NASA, all of a sudden he gets killed, right? Dorothy Kilgallen's going to reveal the story and all of a sudden she's off, right? Mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe involved with Kennedy. Uh it's very possible that she knows about that, friends with Dorothy Kilgallen for sure. And then all of a sudden Marilyn is off. And then who's next? Robert Kennedy, right? I mean they're all victims.
7: Yes,
2: <laughs> so, and other than and other than Kilgallen, um, Alan, uh, Kilgallen was the only one in um, their 50s. All the rest, you know, were, um, were in their 40s, um, you know, so it's a situation where just about all of them went to, at young ages and they all had these connections, UFOs, the Kennedy assassination, um, the diary you oh know. yeah, there's
8: this whole web going on there and and I mean wh- I it's it's irresistible. There's there's something to it. There's this dark sinister underground who knows where it's from influence. And they're not the only ones. I mean, we've talked about this before Nick. There there are dozens of people that have been connected with UFOs and UFO research that have died in really weird ways, right? You know, like the Marconi murders, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a classic example, the Marconi scientists. Uh, From 1982 to 1991 in the UK, uh, more than 30 scientists and um, personnel who were either directly working for Marconi or were sort of... um, you know, they they were hired persons um, to do work for them. Um, Between that period, um, uh, more than 32 people died under really bizarre circumstances, weird um, suicides. I mean, one example, for example, a perfectly weird situation. One of these scientists His wife came home and there was like, um, she thought it was like smoke coming out the garage. It obviously wasn't. It was, um, you know, the guy had killed himself, you know, in the car and everybody's panicking they couldn't find the body it was assumed he killed himself because the garage was just filled you know you couldn't breathe in there it took him like 15 minutes to find his body what he'd done he'd actually laid down horizontal underneath the car with the tube going from the uh, with no tube i should say uh, he just sort of laid down inside the garage on his back and, of course, nobody thought to look underneath the car. I mean, why would you? And um, so there's a lot of really weird, strange things like that. And scientists got up in the morning, got in the car. Uh, one of them slammed his car into a restaurant, set fire, and he was fried in his car. And as I said, we talk about 32 people working um, for this company, Marconi, and its offshoots. Um and you still had, you know, in the British government, oh, well, he was depressed and, and this was just an accident and um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, 32 of them, you know, and we have to <laughs> listen to this nonsense of all these yeah. different excuses, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, another death to mention very briefly is M.K. Jessup, author of The Case for the UFO, which, of course, was part of the crazy Philadelphia Experiment controversy. But he committed suicide in a park in Dade County, Florida, as I recall. This must have been in the 1950s. And the late Ivan T. Sanderson, don't know if many of you heard of him, a zoologist and UFO investigator. He said, and we don't have an interview. We do have an interview that Bob Zanotti did years ago with Ivan T. Sanderson that will let listeners to the Paracast Plus and members of Paracast Plus hear But he said he thought there was something strange there, that he didn't see why Jessup would have offed himself, especially in such a public way.
2: Yeah. Well, again, you know, I mean, um, Jessup, prior to his death, he had reasons. We don't know what the clear reasons were, but he had reasons Uh, to believe that he was being watched or followed. And um, he had a a weird car accident, which he couldn't figure out how he did it. You know, it was almost like some kind of subliminal type situation. And that actually parallels with the Marconi scientists. One of them actually said he was driving down the equivalent of, you know, like a three-lane or six-lane motorway in the UK. And he had this really disturbing weird feeling that he had to crash his car into the side of the road and kill himself and he said that he really had to fight to take that thought out of his mind as if it was like a subliminal kind of uh, situation
8: that's really interesting i mean that's that that sounds like mind control yeah it does and it doesn't sound like your everyday mind control you know no it
2: this doesn't is... it's like really weird
8: I mean, this is this is getting into like again what I was bringing up earlier. This the sort of the weirder side of the MIB dark side of of the the UFO silencer type things. You know that Timothy Green Beckley would talk about. Like,
18: mm-hmm.
8: the, there's something going on, but what?
18: Well, I mean, you can actually in
2: in relation to the Marilyn story. I mean, the the way we can kind of dig further is to to dig further and i mean one of the things that i found when i was doing the research for the book you know i mentioned how the person who got this um this sort of a very controversial document milo spiriglio um one of the things i thought to myself i was like well you know spiriglio was the guy who um was given the document. So he's a pretty significant character. So I used the Freedom of Information Act to see if there was a file on Spiriglio. And to what was actually my amazement, I thought nothing would come back. Um, I actually got a response from the CIA. What I got was about a 45-page um, file on Spiriglio put together by the CIA. What it was filled with was just about every newspaper or magazine article that Spiriglio had been written about in relation to Marilyn and the diary. All those articles from the newspapers and the magazines had been photocopied by the CIA and placed into their Spiriglio file. And what's even more intriguing is that if you look at each page where, you know, all these photocopies of, like, from the New York Times and the Washington Post and whatever, where it mentions Spiriglio's Diary of Secrets, somebody in the CIA had got a black marker and underlined the word, excuse me, underlined with a black marker uh, directly below where it says uh, Diary of Secrets.
1: Now, I have a question when we bring the CIA into domestic surveillance. Yes. The CIA should be looking into stuff that relates to foreign infiltration, possible spying by overseas actors, not into American issues that should be the job of the FBI. So you have to wonder what would this guy Spiriglio have been involved in to have attracted the attention of the CIA. We're going to break now. We've got Nick Redfern And his book is entitled Diary of Secrets. And by the way, he'll join us also on After the Paracast because the Paracast will not give us enough time. With Gene and Randall and Nick, you're in The Paracast.
9: You are listening to GCN.
6: Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti inflammation, and antiparasite properties. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. That's shop, S-H-O-P, super, S-U-P-E-R, T-T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is shopsupertea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's shopsupertea.com at 818-984-6100.
0: Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's
1: Gene Steinberg. So I raised the issue there of the authority that the CIA would have in doing any of this stuff. What's there about that, Nick?
2: Well, this is what's interesting. The file, the CIA file, that was opened on Milo Spiriglio, this um, writer and uh, private detective, written three books on Marilyn. What's particularly intriguing is that, you know, Marilyn died in 1962, and the file that the CIA on Spiriglio opened was in 1982. So in other words, you know, we're not talking about the CIA was collecting information on Marilyn's diary way back in 62 when all this happened. For some reason, the CIA opened a file in 1982, and it's got all of the news, as I said, all the newspaper, magazine articles all photocopied so the CIA could see exactly what Spiriglio was talking about and what his latest developments were. And you're right, if you want to spy on somebody in the U.S., it's usually done domestically by the FBI. This file on the uh, newspaper and magazine clippings were collected by the CIA for the CIA.
8: So, I mean, that kind of suggests that they were looking into it themselves like yeah you know, they were but, and we're like we, about what, yeah why would they do that if they didn't if if they knew already right it's like we, okay so what was really going on
2: well the CIA may not have known all what was going on maybe that's one of the reasons why they started in the 80s to start looking again retrospectively into the story of the diary that that file although it's the spiriglio file most of it, is based on newspaper clippings that specifically talk about, not just Marilyn, but specifically talk about that diary. And that's where somebody took a black marker and underlined those words, secret diary or diary of secrets. So somebody, as late as the 80s, was putting uh, this file together. And we're talking about a woman who died in 1962 you know 20 years after she died before that the CIA opened yet another file on Marilyn again for reasons we don't know we don't know why in 82 the CIA kind of opened this file one theory is being put forward is that 1962 is when she was killed 1982 was when the file was opened it may well have been because that would have been the 20th anniversary of her death so it's entirely possible that somebody might come forward and blow the whistle uh, because it's the 20th anniversary so that might have had something to do with why the CIA opened that file just to see if anybody was going to jump out and say, hey, you know, I've got this, which I've kept for the last 30 years, and now I'm revealing it, that kind of thing.
8: Maybe they're looking for patterns, too. I mean, it was, well, 1980, when uh, John Lennon was hit, that guy said that he he was told to do it. He had voices in his head that were telling him that, you know, John Lennon needed to die, right? And And that's kind of harkens back to this other guy who had the the feeling in his mind that he had to kill himself. And of course, John Lennon saw UFOs over New York
1: and he was a popular figure, right? The Nixon administration, and obviously that was prior to, we had Ford was president at the time that Lennon was killed, but the Nixon administration didn't like Lennon because he was a peacenik. All we are saying is give peace a chance. They tried to eject him from the U.S., He had to fight to stay in New York and never went back to England during that period of time. So now, of course, we have a period of time where Reagan's going to take over as president, where suddenly one day this crazy guy comes and shoots Lennon. Lenin's security wasn't that great shakes. I mean, he came and went to his apartment at the Dakota in New York, and I've passed that area, so I know where it is and everything, what it looks like, he'd walk around New York City, nobody bothered him, or they'd say, hi, John, how's things? So he was in a situation there where if somebody wanted to off him, it wouldn't be difficult.
2: No, and to sort of go back a little bit, I, I, I doubt, well, not just doubt, I'm absolutely sure that nobody in the elected government, so to speak, had anything to do with that. I think, again, it would be one of these, what you might want to call like an MIB, or somebody gets hired in the shadows, just get it done for us. Here's the technology, and go for it, and your money will be waiting.
1: Still, the motive here, he's just a rock and roll artist, and certainly he'd seen better days. He hadn't been super active in the last few years. He was just coming out with a new album, but... What big well, deal? It wasn't like Beatlemania. Why get rid of him?
2: Well, the important reason why I think people will get rid of him is because a lot of people listen to him. A lot of people listen to Marilyn. You know, um, a lot of people, you know, don't watch the news, but they listen to fixated to like some kind of one of these shows with a bunch of women, you know, sit around have, having lunch and screaming at each other. You know, millions of people watch them. But, but you know, that's what I'm trying to say is the fact that, you know, if somebody listens, that's the important thing. John Lennon was someone who had the ability to influence a lot of people. He doesn't necessarily mean he would uh, 100% have been able to, um, you know, to make people listen. But if there was just a 50% fear that he really could, you know, change things. Well, somebody might just say, well, we better just get it done just in case he really is going to be listened to that degree.
1: Yes, but I'm thinking of timing here. Wouldn't that have been better done years earlier? Or would we assume here that maybe Lenin would have become a politician in the U.S., become an American citizen if he could, if he met the requirements, and then as an American citizen, he could run for any office other than president.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, who knows what was going on behind the scenes? I mean, you know, you have to remember uh, when John Lennon was killed in 1980, you know, he was actually having sort of like a resurgence kind of situation. He got a new album coming out, um, which was very popular, Who was, you know, who's to know where he might have gone from there? You know, he had a lull before that, but he was coming back potentially big time. And I can easily see how somebody might say, oh, my God, have we got to go through what went back, uh, what went on back with Nixon and and John Lennon back in the early 70s? Have we got to go through all this again now in 1980?
1: There are stories. There are stories here that said that in 1981, it's possible that Lennon would have hooked up with Paul McCartney, with whom he remained friendly, to try to write songs again. Now, if he and McCartney write songs, and the other two Beatles decide to come together, there could have been some sort of Beatles reunion, which would have brought back attention to them. If yeah, you I'm remember, sure. if you remember in the nineties. The remaining three Beatles got together and took some cassettes that John had prepared, labeled Ford Paul, songs that they would have worked on, and they completed those songs. So evidently that possibly was in the back of Lennon's mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think the important thing here, and um, a lot of people don't think of this, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're 100% sure or not that you know somebody's going to say this or blow the whistle on that all it needs is a little bit of fear in the mind of this person or that agency um to just to play it you know as as best as possible so let's just blow the person away just in case things go further you know and um, and that kind of situation, um, you know, I, I think is... Um,
8: it's is scary. That's one. what it is. It's scary.
1: These <laughs> announcements are not scary. Listen to them. Gene, Randall, and Nick, you're in. The podcast. <laughs> legendary to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com Namecheap.com First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success.
0: And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r o c k o i d s .com
3: if there's a sudden disaster and you can't get to the grocery store or they're all out of food what would you do you wish you had emergency food to get you through the crisis and that's why we're here we're mypatriotsupply.com america's leading source of emergency food our food lasts for up to 25 years and millions of families trust us for their disaster survival Won't you join us? Unlike other food companies, we don't skimp on calories. Our meals give you more than 2,000 calories per day. Why? Because that's what you need to survive any challenging crisis. And right now, you can save $50 on our popular four-week emergency food kit. Just go to MyPatriotSupply.com and place your order. We ship fast, two to three days max, and your food arrives discreetly right to your door. So order today and save $50 at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com.
20: Join me, George Norrie, for Contact in the Desert Worldwide Virtual UFO Conference, June 25th to the 28th. Contact in the Desert will be an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient alien civilizations, consciousness, AI, crop circles, and cutting-edge science. More than 130 presentations, 67 speakers, and two extra weeks to view our extraordinary lineup. Get your tickets today at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact. Contactinthedesert.com.
21: Says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there.
14: Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you, too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: We have Nick Redfern, and the book is Diary of Secrets, UFO Conspiracies and the Mysterious Death of Marilyn Monroe. And we've been doing these side trips into John Lennon and everything. And I wanted to get back to a couple of other topics, because amongst the cast of characters in your book, Dr. Robert M. Wood and Ryan S. Wood, and they're best known for their exploration of supposed UFO-related documents. Now... Obviously, we have the spectrum of MJ-12. I'm sure you don't believe in MJ-12 any more than I do, do you, Nick? No. No, I don't, no. So what is the participation here of the woods?
2: Oh, well, what, that's easy. What happened was that in 2002... Timothy Cooper, who was um, a UFO researcher in the early 1990s and who claimed to have been given all these sort of stacks of MJ-12-type documents that talked about alien autopsies, dead aliens, um, secret UFO programs. Well, Cooper started to uh, circulate these documents Uh, all over the place, you know, for anybody to see and uh, hand them over. And they were kind of just like the MJ-12 documents that Stan Friedman championed for years. Now, the time came in 2002 when Cooper decided to sell all his material, all these files, and he sold it um, all to Bob Wood. And Bob Um, asked me if I would be willing to spend like about 10, 12 days out in Orange County where Bob lives to essentially go through all of Cooper's files and do an inventory of them all. And within that stash of material that Cooper sold to Bob Wood, what happened was that when I did that inventory, and I was literally in um, Orange County in a hotel room for about nine days with thousands, I'm not kidding, thousands of pages spread all across the um, hotel room floor. And that was the the bizarre situation. And now all these files, when I finally completed the inventory for Bob, or as I was going through, I should say, um, I found one particular folder which had all of Cooper's material on Marilyn Monroe. What's interesting is that Cooper was clearly aware of the UFO Marilyn connection as early as 1991, and the, the uh, document did not surface till 1995. So that's that's still a mystery. I talk about that in the book that it's it's still a mystery as to how Cooper knew about the UFO Marilyn thing when the documents, this um, questionable or controversial document, did surface till 1995. A four-year difference. That's how. Bob uh, would basically got involved and interested because um, Cooper had not just reports and files and documents and things on um, UFOs, crashed UFOs, but he also had clearly known years earlier in relation to, like as I said, Marilyn and UFOs. That was why Bob and uh, Ryan got involved. They wanted somebody, now they'd bought the files from Cooper, they wanted somebody to be able to tell them, well, what have we got in all these thousands of pages? So that was my job, was to kind of make it all, you know, look readable and uh, understandable, because it was just piled everywhere, you know.
8: Let's go back to the beginning with some of this, if we can, Nick, like, Probably, you know, there were people right at the beginning when Marilyn died who said that, well, I don't know. But who was the first kind of person to go, no, there's definitely something up here and actually start to look into it, like, back in, in the day when it happened? How long did you it mean, take? You mean with the documents? No, I mean with Marilyn, period. Like, when did somebody first go, no, I don't think that this was just drugs and alcohol, and, and started looking into it seriously? When did that start happening? Oh,
2: well, actually, that started literally weeks after, after she was found dead. I mean, there were rumors on the newspapers, you know, was this suicide or was it something more sinister, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, that's, that started primarily so quickly because there were these concerns at that very same time, you know, that, um, the diary had gone, uh, people had come in and taken some of her possessions, you know, and then there were discrepancies, uh, between the staff in Marilyn's home, you know, that, uh, doors had been sort of suspiciously left open, which was never done. Um, um, so the bedding and, um, the clothes were in the wrong places and, um, so how, did, like how did this
8: uh, how did this kind of did it become a, a thing though? Like did it, it did it start in the tabloids or the newspapers or was there someone yeah. who really took it seriously and and
2: well um, yeah it did start kind of like with the newspapers with the tabloids. Um, but behind the scenes, of course, you know, um, you've got the FBI files on Marilyn, and um, and there are a number of really significant, controversial documents put together by the FBI um, in those far- there's FBI files that talk about um, in. Informants that the FBI had, who said that yes, she was murders, and it was a case of like drugs and alcohol, and done in a very skillful way, where you wouldn't be able to tell if she'd done it or it was done at somebody else's hand. Now, to go on even further,
8: well, uh, hang on, hang on before we do that, though. So, what we are saying here, if I'm getting you getting this clear, is that the FBI did do an official investigation to try and find out if it was murder or suicide or accidental death
2: yeah that that is correct but what we don't have in the files is the conclusion of well what did you find guys you know that's that's what we don't have what we have is the the angle of that that the FBI had an, an informant who said that, yes, she was murdered, um, but it was done in such a, a skillful way, you wouldn't know it from one of her nightly binges, that kind of thing. Like
8: an informant? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, an in, like that yeah, worked exactly. for the FBI or that just came out of the woodwork? Say that again, sorry. Uh, do you mean like an informant that worked for the FBI or one that just came out of the woodwork and said, hey, guys, like, I know what happened. Oh.
2: Well, it was an informant who actually had sort of connections with security agencies and private security and things like that. Um,
8: were you, know, you able to follow, follow that thread and find out like more about who that was and where they oh, well, were?
2: The, yes. The entire okay. Yeah, the entire um, file is declassified and revealed. What we don't have, however, is the um, the actual name. But he presents the person you actually in a very um, sort of good light, so to speak. And, um, you know, it's one of these situations where it's like, wow, I mean, this is the FBI, you know, talking to a, a secret informant. And it's it's like a four-page document, extremely detailed, talking about the whole um, situation was going
1: on. That's breaker. Okay. More to come with Gene and Randall and Nick Redfern talking about... The death of Marilyn Monroe. You're in. The paracast.
9: Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
11: Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from teamgaday.com and the GCN Younggevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to teamgaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's teamgaday.com with Yongevity. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. Help may be coming soon for businesses confused about new mask guidelines. The CDC says fully vaccinated people in most cases can go without masks, but there's no way for businesses to make sure if people are fully vaccinated or not. Dr. Anthony Fauci on Good Morning America Saturday.
10: Over the next few
11: weeks, you're going to see more and more explicit, granular description of what can and cannot be done. Fauci also says there's a possibility those who are fully vaccinated may need to get a booster shot at some point, but it's still too early to know for sure. Meanwhile, covid Cases spiking in the Latin America-Caribbean region. This month alone, the region accounting for almost a third of all cases, despite having less than 10% of the world's population. George Floyd's family getting a White House visit. President Biden inviting the Floyd family to come Tuesday to mark the one-year anniversary of Floyd's death in Minneapolis. Biden hoping to get a police reform bill inspired by Floyd's case passed by Tuesday, but that's unlikely. The bill's still awaiting passage in the Senate after passing in the House. This is USA Radio News. Another peaceful day in the Middle East Saturday, the second day of a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. Egypt helping broker the ceasefire after 11 days of deadly fighting. Egypt now in talks with Israel on how to make the peace long-lasting. Texas Republican Congressman Ronnie Jackson says President Biden can help by getting tough with Iran. We should be using our leverage right now with the Iranian nuclear deal to negotiate uh, on behalf of Israel right
21: now and put a stop to this. And we should have been doing it a long time ago.
11: Jackson speaking to One American News recently. U.S. Secretary of State Tony Blinken due to arrive in Israel this week for talk. Haitians getting another 18 months in the U.S. Biden yesterday granting Haitians temporary protected status. Homeland Security says Haiti has serious security concerns, social unrest, an increase in human rights abuses, crippling poverty and lack of basic resources. An endurance race turns deadly in China. 21 people killed during a 62-mile ultramarathon Saturday. Chinese media says when the race started, it was sunny. But as the race went on, runners had to deal with freezing rain, hailstones, strong winds and low temperatures that led to hypothermia. This is USA Radio News.
6: For over 20 years, Extendivite has been helping people. Here is a testimonial from Amazon.com. Glad I found this product. I am 51 years old and started getting headaches a couple of times a week. I went to the doctor and my blood pressure was a little high at around 150 over 95. I found out about Extendivite and I ordered some to try it. Immediately I felt better and it lowered my blood pressure and my headaches went away almost instant. I have been taking it now for about four months and I am so glad I found this product. You won't be disappointed. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two month supply. To order, call 1 877 928 8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H E A R T D R O P.com. Extend your life with Extend.
2: Hi, This is Nick Pope. You're listening
1: to the Paracast. Right, let's continue about this and this document you're talking about. Four pages, okay. lots of the Go on.
2: All right. Well, actually, yeah, the, the date when this document was declassified by the FBI was January 2006. It was actually a three-page FBI document. The person who came to the FBI and told the story to the FBI is described as follows as a foot quote now as a former special agent who is currently field representative appointment section governor's office state of California so this is a guy uh, who had done work who worked for the FBI and had an ongoing um, official deal yeah. Really,
8: yeah. Yeah. Okay. But this is yeah. a while after. Like, okay. So Marilyn dies in what August fourth, nineteen sixty-two, right? So, so how long does it take for this informant to come forward?
2: Well, we don't know for sure. What we do know. Um, that's the, as far as the document um, is concerned itself, um, the the document um, is, is dated from the early 1960s, uh, actually 1962, so we're not talking about, oh, okay. you know, very long before, um, you know, the, the story came out, and it's added to it as well, because it's sort of retrospectively talking about her death also, you know, this is what they did, that's what they they did, etc., etc. et cetera. Now, it also implicates um, in that particular document um, Marilyn's staff as being involved in her death as well. So that gets it into, like, really controversial areas, you know. And um, But, I mean, I'll give you one example of what it says. And bear in mind, again, this is from the words of a former FBI special agent who had gone off on his own work and then decided to do some um, sort of uh, following work himself. And uh, This is just one quote. Robert Kennedy was deeply involved emotionally with Marilyn Monroe and had repeatedly promised to divorce his wife to marry Marilyn. That's just one of them, you know, really kind of, biz- I would say bizarre, but incredible and sort of amazing stories behind the scenes. You know, you've got Robert Kennedy not just having an affair, uh, which he's also mentioned in that same document, but that he promised Marilyn he would leave his wife. And that document, despite the sensational nature of it, one of the most intriguing things is that the original FBI File of Marilyn was opened in the 1980s. This one was kept hidden until um, 2006. So we're talking about, you know, a really inflammatory document being kept away until eventually, for whatever reason, somebody said, well, let's put it out there. You know, maybe somebody had a grudge, maybe somebody on the inside wanted the story to come out and felt this was the best document to present, you know, that scenario
8: fascinating i mean there there definitely is a whole web of different levels of intrigue going on with these people but you know i i don't necessarily just see people having affairs as being reasons to put a hit out on someone right i mean
2: well no i mean you're right i mean you don't just take somebody's head off because they're having an affair the primary reason as the story goes is because that Marilyn had sort of a, a had sort of like an, a, an emotional connection to both of the Kennedys. both of them reportedly dumped her, and she decided well, to hell with them. I'm going to get my back on back on them, you know, and um, we'll see what happens now when I decide to go to all the press and tell them what they've been doing with me and telling me also what they've been telling me that I've been writing in my diary. No, you don't kill people just for an affair, but you might kill if it had all these added portions of the story to it as well.
8: What you think maybe somebody, if it was within... The realm of officialdom was thinking, well, you know, this could be destabilizing to the the national. Yeah.
2: I think, you know, destabilizing in relation to this uh, situation could actually happen just with the, you know, one of the other stories that the Kennedys told, uh, like, for example, plans to invade Cuba and kill uh, Castro and do deals with the mafia and things like that, which were all on right. the cards.
8: All right, so, so you are. got the whole Cold War and the last thing they want is some political destabilization with uh, some of the most uh, beloved uh, people in the United States that were actually, you know, holding the country together until one of them was killed. And then now the whole thing seems to be going all to hell kind of thing.
2: Yeah. And things like that can go, you know, can move really quickly particularly if, you know, the people who you think are in charge realize they're not in charge of all the the full cards. You know, they haven't got the full deck, but they think they have. And then the realization is, oh, my God, you know, we've just found out that the president decided to try and impress Marilyn into the bedroom and decided to tell her all about Cuba. And If that was true, that would be very dangerous, not just to the government, but also to Marilyn, because she would have been placed in this awkward position of being swamped with secrets that she probably could do without, you know.
8: But then again, of course, I mean, that just, it sounds like such a dark thing for a country like the United States to do to one of its own citizens. And, I mean, it's not like that There, it hasn't done some pretty dark stuff, but wouldn't it have just been simpler to, you know, bring her in and, and kind of debrief her on the whole thing and go, hey, look, we know what's going on with you. You know, really, you need to, to chill with all of this. You know, and, and is there any evidence that somebody tried to just reason with her and talk to her? and,
2: Well, not you know, that I know of. I don't know of any evidence, you know, that that scenario was was played out or is planned on playing out. But then again, you know, some of these people, I mean, if something's going to be done, let's just make sure that there's no chance of things going wrong. You know, if you allow the person to, you know, let's just reason with the person. Who's to say it's not going to work? You know, the sad thing is that uh, murder is going to make sure that uh, they're going to stay silent. You know, do you
8: really think that that the United States does that to its own citizens? Though, I mean, no, I no, can't. As
2: I said no, I don't. As I... I said earlier, I don't believe the U.S. government had any direct involvement in the death of Marilyn Monroe. Well, who but then? I, do... I
8: mean. But who is behind this then? Like, what is it? Like-
2: well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about like hired characters, you know, who will get in, do the job and get out with their fifty thousand in dollars. You know? you these are the hired people writers? that you
1: hire Jason Statham for in the movies where yeah, they do these yeah. kind of semi-legal projects or the expendables. That's yeah, the kind of characters you hire people they- like that who yeah. are what, former military or... Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly, you know, where somebody, um, you know, you might, in any country, you know, you could find someone in a country who's a really good, you know, um, a crack target with uh, pistols and rifles and machine guns, and then he gets a knock on the door, would you like to come and do a, a program for us, a job for us, a project, and um, no questions asked, he's your money. I know, and,
1: who, did no, but, I know yeah. who did it, I know who did it, but the guilty party is jason bourne
2: <laughs> but uh, but no i don't believe that jfk had any knowledge that, if the story's true i don't believe jfk or rfk had any knowledge at all that marilyn could end up dead i think they saw her towards the end as a, a liability that's how they viewed her and they perhaps worried you know looking back, realizing that they shouldn't have said what they said. But I don't think any of them, you know, discussed finding ways to get rid of her. But somebody in like a secret government kind of situation, I can easily see how they would do something along those lines. And then then the Kennedys get the news and they're like, oh, my God, you know, somebody's
8: done. Yeah, But that is like killing. That's killing one of your own citizens. You can't just do that.
1: Right? We, like are, we got to do something right now. We've got one more segment to do with Nick and Gene and Randall. And then, of course, after the Paracast, you're in the, the Paracast.
9: Thank you for listening to GCN
1: Once again, theparacast.plus prices are just dollar fifty a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about. Paracast Plus.
10: Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silverlungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com.
16: I'm Ben Utek. I played high school, college, and pro football, helping my team win the 2006 championship. It was an amazing day, but it can't compare to the joy I feel every day with my loving wife and three beautiful daughters. My football career ended after I suffered my fifth concussion. Did you know that over a million athletes suffer a concussion each year? That includes boys and girls, every age, every type, and level of sport. It isn't always clear that a player has had a concussion. So parents, athletes, and coaches need to learn about concussion signs and symptoms. The American Academy of Neurology recommends athletes thought to have a concussion be immediately removed from play and not returned until assessed by a healthcare professional trained in concussion. This isn't just about sports; it's about your brain. When in doubt, sit it out. Learn more at aan.com/concussion. That's aan.com/concussion. A message from the American Academy of Neurology.
20: Join me, George Nori, for the Worldwide Contact in the Desert Virtual UFO Conference, June 25th to June 28th. Contact in the Desert is an epic weekend of adventure jam-packed with exciting explorations into UFOs, ancient civilizations, AI, crop circles, forbidden archaeology, disclosure, and the newest evidence of ongoing contact, sightings, and leading edge science. This amazing weekend delivers more than 130 presentations and special events showcasing 67 speakers from all all over the world with two extra weeks to view your favorite leading experts, including Avi Loeb with Clyde Lewis, Linda Moulton Howe, Paul Hellyer, John Lear, Russell Targ, David Childress, Doc Wallach, and more. With breaking articles in the New York Times and acknowledged naval sightings, and more importantly, the new release of classified documents on the day of the soft opening of Contact in the Desert, we are your source for inside information. Join us June 25th at ContactInTheDesert.com to get your tickets today. Make contact ContactInTheDesert.com
14: this is jerome clark author of the
18: ufo encyclopedia and other books you're listening to the Paracast.
17: so
1: randall you said that the end of our previous segment this is not something you do to an american citizen yeah, but we're talking here, though, about someone who had her hands in other parts of her anatomy involved with a president of the United States, an attorney general, got involved with some major figures that put her into a different category and maybe made her in danger. If it's not, of course, the Kennedys doing it. And Robert Kennedy was a pretty ruthless kind of guy. We forget that. What about the FBI? What about J. Edgar Hoover? He was a pretty ruthless kind of guy, too.
2: Well, no, again, I don't, I don't believe anybody from the official government was involved in the death of Marilyn Monroe. I don't believe any of the agencies were directly involved. Again, I think it's the best way to hide a story is to use the people who are essentially out of the loop. I mean, just because, you know, somebody kills Marilyn Monroe, it doesn't mean that person has any knowledge as to why they're doing that job. They're just being paid to do it. I'm sure if there was like a hypothetical killer, I don't believe that killer knew why she was being killed. I mean, you know, they wouldn't tell the assassin all about Roswell and dead aliens. I mean, because that would put another kind of thorn in the situation. Right.
1: We're what talking I mean, here about a some- paid assassin. That paid assassin yeah. may do jobs for governments and private industry. So that doesn't dictate who might have hired that person.
2: No. I mean, another example is, for example, the JFK assassination. There were rumors for years that when he was killed that assassins were flown in from all over the place, like some of the Middle East and um, elsewhere. They didn't, perhaps until the last minute, know what was going on, and then they left with their money uh, back to their own country, which could be anywhere. When people say, you know, somebody like Marilyn is killed because of what she knew about U.S. secrets doesn't actually mean that the U.S. government made an effort to kill him
8: if anyone in the government's writing the check or making the phone call or even standing in the shadows smoking a cigarette off in the corner and kicking a briefcase over to the assassin that puts them in the driver's seat right well
2: somebody's always at some point there's somebody who is uh, appointed you know i mean it's kind of like if you look back to like With the arms, yeah, the the arms deals in 1986, yeah. I mean, that's a situation where the government knew nothing about it at all, you know, Iran-Contra. Nobody really in government knew about it. Nobody outside of government knew about it, yet we had this situation of the secret transfer of arms from the united states now what that demonstrates is that a great things went on but the government the elected government knew hardly anything about it and i kind of make that analogy with marilyn there was a, a kind of a government connection but nobody within government really knew about
14: uh, it uh, you, now, you bear in maybe... mind
1: also with oliver north he was convicted okay. of a crime, know, yeah. but the first president Bush Bush senior issued a pardon
8: yeah, because North basically was he was kind of like a pawn in the whole game kind of thing he was they were trying to throw him under the bus if I remember correctly and he just said I won't that's not going to happen that's that's pretty interesting that whole thing actually Nick, you know you I just find it so hard to believe that that a government would do something like that to one of its own like just regular citizens. this wasn't a military thing, and yet. Look at what happened at Kent State. They shot people from a university in cold blood, you know. So, I mean, I guess if they can do
2: that. Well, I mean, if you look at it from the perspective of the UK, I mean, very similar situations were sort of put out there when Princess Diana got killed. The idea that the, somebody in the British government wiped her out. I mean,
8: mm-hmm. you know. Oh, I, th- I think there's something to that. Yeah, they were having a little rough
2: You could make parallels there, you know. And with the Marconi scientists, 30 bear, thereabouts personnel all dead under bizarre, weird circumstances,
8: That could be corporate, though, like Gene was saying. like that. Actually, Gene, you made a really good point there, I think, where, okay, we don't necessarily know it was the government. Maybe it's some corporate thing because if there are these, uh, you know, suppose you've got some high-end corporate people who are dealing with the UFO thing because they're reverse engineering materials and all of the rest of that. They could have a lot to lose by having all of this, you know, get blown wide open. And so, Nick, you're absolutely right. Maybe... Nobody in the government had anything to do with it, but somebody's private security firm working for one of these dark corporations might have.
1: Yeah, but there's also okay. still always the possibility that somebody in government, in power, picks up the phone and says, hey, we need you to fix something. Of course, yeah, never say well, yeah, we I mean, need you to kill somebody. So. They will always phrase it in ways that could be interpreted differently, like an organized crime. Boss, They will never say, off this guy, they'll say something else. we are got to put him on ice. Yeah,
2: that's true. But, I mean, that's exactly what I said. So, So, for people, cannot sort of, you know, see it in any other way. I don't believe anyone in the U.S. government made a decision to kill Marilyn. But with an undercurrent and the rumors floating around and maybe the stories about Marilyn are going to grow bigger about the affairs and the UFO story. And somebody who is deep within, like, the sort of secret government-type situations, somebody like that decided Marilyn had to go. And I think everybody else was as shocked. that the Kennedys. Everybody else was as shocked as, as everybody else because... They were not in the link. The document itself, that Spiriglio document, the leaked document, doesn't say anything about the CIA killing Marilyn or anything like that. It's actually a document where the CIA was wiretapping Kilgallen purely and simply because the CIA was trying to find out what was going on with Marilyn and UFOs, because they didn't know. So that's another example as to how government can be out of the loop, but somebody, some sinister character, is within the loop, and they make that decision, and they are nothing to do with with the official elected government.
21: Of
1: course, there also could be private corporations that fund politicians, Mm -hmm. that donate huge sums of money, and we can mention, like, the Koch brothers, an example of... People worth billions of dollars who put a lot of money into politics and therefore they could get someone in their address book who is a politician or in authority anywhere else and ask for things to be done for their benefit. That's private industry having all Mm -hmm. sorts of power. And if you've got $50 billion in your checking account, you can just about do anything to anyone in a way that you may not be caught. We can continue this with After the Powercast, Nick Redfern, but tell our listeners, if they want to know more about the things that you do, where do they go?
2: People can reach me at my blog, which is World of Whatever, and it's Nick nickredfern14.blogspot.com. But just look at... Uh, nick redfern world of whatever that's my blog and um people can reach me there i'm always happy to chat and people got questions happy to answer if i can (laughs) and the new book is diary of secrets um just released and a study of the claims that marilyn monroe was murdered for what she knew about ufos
1: you can find us on twitter if you look for the Paracast. you can also find us on facebook also, we ask you to check out the Shop for branded merchandise. Four different logos, good prices, good service. Check it out, the Shop, And don't forget the PowerCast Plus. We offer the After the PowerCast podcast, which will feature more from Nick Redfern this week. Also, you get a version of this show free of the network ads. How about that? And if you subscribe for five years or a lifetime, we will give you... Amazon gift cards So you can buy anything You know, $10 for the five-year subscription $20 for the lifetime Buy anything you want Even the phenomenon The James Fox UFO documentary And there's a new one That HBO Max has picked up that will be the next big UFO documentary. If you want to sign up with the PowerCast Plus and get a quick sign-up screen, go to the PowerCast Plus. The PowerCast Plus. Nick Redfern is a blast, and we never can stop talking to him. Thank you for joining us on the PowerCast.
7: Thanks, guys.